The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to take a moment to welcome new listeners joining us from Hawaii to Maine in all 50 states and also extend a special welcome to members of our armed forces. Thank you for your many emails and letters and for making us part of your Newsweek. In just a moment, former governor of Vermont, presidential candidate, chairman of the Democratic National Committee, and physician, Mr. Howard Dean will be joining us to talk about whether the controversy surrounding the 2016 election warrants a systemic change in how we vote. Dean is in favor of a ranked voting system, which would allow voters to rank their first, second, and third preferences on a ballot. So today we're going to take a step back from the partisan politics that divide us to see if there's a way to make the election process more democratic and fair. But before Mr. Dean joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Howard Brush Dean III was born in East Hampton, New York. He earned his undergraduate degree from Yale, did his pre-med work at Columbia, and earned his medical degree from Yeshiva University. While practicing medicine in Shelburne, Vermont, in 1982, Dean was elected to the Vermont House of Representatives and four years later rose to become the state's lieutenant governor, a position he served for three terms. When Vermont Governor Snelling suddenly passed away, Dean assumed his office and was subsequently elected to five terms as governor. And as if that weren't enough, Dean has been the chairman of the National Governors Association, chairman of the Democratic National Committee, and a presidential candidate himself. His list of accomplishments is long, but I would be remiss if I did not mention that he was an early pioneer in the Internet-based fundraising and engagement, which President Obama later deployed. Today, Mr. Dean is a senior fellow at Hofstra University, serves on the board of the National Democratic Institute, and is a popular television commentator. He also works as a strategy consultant for McKenna, Long, and Aldridge. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report, former governor of Vermont, Mr. Howard Dean. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Dean. Thanks for having me on. And I love your intro music, because the first few bars of It's a Beautiful Day by U2, And that was my intro music when I was running for president. Well, who knew you were a rocker, (laughs) a fellow rocker? (laughs) Now, this uh, these election and uh, inauguration festivities are finally behind us. And it seemed like a good time to reflect on changes which can be made in the way in which Americans vote for local, state and federal officials. And one of those proposed changes is the ranked choice voting system. I wonder if you'd mind explaining how ranked voting works for our listeners today. Yeah, it's incredibly easy, and there are a lot of really good things about it. In fact, the state of Maine just adopted it as the first state to wholeheartedly adopt the whole thing. Um, Basically, instead of going to the voting booth and voting for uh, a candidate for a particular office, you vote for any of the candidates that you like in order that you like them. So let's say there's five people. In the last uh, race, there were four people who... People might have known their names running for president. There was a, the Republican, the Democrat, Libertarian, and the Green Party. So instead of voting for one of them, you rank them one through four. And it's a really good system. And then what happens is, it, let's just suppose your first candidate came in fourth in the first round of voting. Their votes would be redistributed. Their top votes would be, or second place votes would be redistributed to the other uh, candidates and so forth. So eventually somebody wins, and they always have more than 50% of the vote. 
Um, and the great thing about it is that nope, that you can't make the argument that your vote is a wasted vote if you vote for somebody you like who doesn't have a chance, because uh, your vote eventually counts. It may not be the person you chose first, but you may get the person you chose second or third. The big thing I like it about it the most of all is it prevents the kind of ugly, nasty campaigns, the worst of which we've just been through, because you have to be careful. If you want somebody's second-place vote, uh, you better not be trashing them and running negative ads against them because that second-place vote's going to go someplace else. Uh, so I, I like the system a lot. I think it makes a lot more sense, and I think it makes people move towards the middle, and I think they're more courteous of, uh, to other candidates as a result of it, and I think it's fair. So using this past presidential election as an example for our listeners, if I placed my first choice vote for Stein and my second place vote for Clinton, when Stein came in fourth, my second place choice, which was for Clinton, would then be applied to Clinton. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. That's a very easy, it's a very easy system uh, to put together. And the goal of this system now is for a candidate to achieve over 50% of the voter's support, which isn't the case today. Today, a winner only needs to beat the person who comes in second. Uh, and sometimes that's been as, with as little as a third of the vote. Well, and sometimes it's been with less than the vote, which is appalling. I mean, Trump had fewer votes than Hillary Clinton. George W. Bush had fewer votes than Al Gore. I mean, how somebody can win an election by getting less votes than somebody else is, to me, is, you know, it's a throwback to a system that existed 200 years ago for a variety of reasons, most of which Americans wouldn't agree with today. That's right. Now, you're not just talking about this from a theoretical perspective. In 2000, uh, the Vermont governor's election vote was split three ways between a Democrat, progressive and Republican candidate. And you barely won a majority. But but you point out that in Vermont, as in many states, if no candidate achieves a majority, the state legislature then elects the governor, not the voters. Right. Which is totally corrupt um, because uh, that's not I mean, you're. Most voters would prefer to elect the. You know, I've been in a system like this. Um, so, I, in, in Burlington, actually, we had ranked choice voting, and uh, so there were five candidates. I voted uh, the the one I voted for in third place won, and and I felt actually pretty good. I mean, I, I my candidate didn't win. Not even my second place candidate won. But I did actually have a vote. It was my third choice. I think Americans feel better about making a positive vote than a negative vote. Um, and so my third choice candidate won, and I felt, okay, I, 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 this is pretty good. The campaign was much cleaner than previous campaigns because if you're hoping to get somebody's third or second place vote that will help you in, if the first one fal- uh, falters, your first place person falters, you feel good that you've added something um, to to the democracy. You don't feel like, oh, my side lost, winner take all, too bad for me. Well, your vote still counts, and that's right. It, your vote still counts. It still that's counts. Really important. That's right. Yeah, it counts whether if your first choice doesn't win, your vote still counts because it gets applied to whoever the leading candidates are. So, and and I felt in this last election there were an awful lot of people maybe not just this last election, in any election, that feel like, well, if I vote for Stein or I vote for Johnson, I'm throwing my vote away. Yeah, I think that's a bad thing for democracy. I think people are, look, the the way the system works, it's unlikely we're going to get away from a two-party system for a very long time. Very, very hard to start a third-party system. The only third-party candidate ever to win the presidency of the United States was Abraham Lincoln. And that's because the Whig part, the Democratic Party, split up because of the of the civil war, of the impending civil war, and then the, of course the Republicans became the second party, or one of the top two parties. Uh, so, given that we're not likely ever to really have three viable parties, it's much much better um, to be able to vote your conscience instead of having to vote for somebody you really would rather not have. Uh, and, and, and nothing forces you to vote for all the pers- everybody. If you thought genuinely that Jill Stein was the only decent candidate, you could just vote for Jill Stein. Then your rest of your then if she didn't win, your votes wouldn't count. And most people don't do that. They mostly maximize their choices.
Right, but this is a way where, in some respects, you get to vote more than once, right? And and your in your first choice may not make it, but in in an interesting way, you're uh, sending a message in some ways to the to the government and saying this and was my first choice. Right. Yeah, this was my first choice, but uh, right. I'll accept my second choice. Now we have to take right. our first break, but stay where you are. We'll be right back with more from Mr. Howard Dean. You're listening to the cause. A report. Hi, I'm Joan London. If you're worried about your parent or loved one living alone, like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call a place for mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. Finding an apartment that was on the courtyard with the view of the trees, the view of the ducks, the stream, the creek, all of that, that was what I needed. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. Here's the number. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call a place for mom at 800-451-2976. That's 800-451-2976. A place for mom is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. To speak with a local senior living advisor, call a place for mom at 800-451-2976. That's 800-451-2976. Are you feeling a little weaker and less like yourself as you age? Studies show you can lose up to 24% of your muscle from age 40 to 70. This is often a natural process of muscle loss that begins after age 40 and can accelerate if you're suffering from illness or injury, making it harder to stay independent and do the things you love. Ensure, the number one doctor-recommended brand, has a nutritional shake for you. Only Ensure and Live has HMB plus 20 grams of protein that work together to help rebuild muscle. HMB is a compound found in small amounts in your body and in certain foods. It can stop muscle loss, but it's difficult to get enough enough HMB in your diet. Just two servings of Insurin Live Daily provides a recommended level of HMB and 40 grams of protein. What does this all mean? Insurin Live can give you strength and energy to help you get back to doing what you love. Insure, always be you. Visit insuremuscle.com for savings on Insurin Live. Is your computer running real slow like this? Or are you getting the blue, blue screen, screen of, of death? death. Do you have to do a restart several times a session? Tired of viruses, spyware, malware, and slow, worthless tech support? Face it, it's too late to download another free PC fix-it program, thinking it'll be restored to out-of-box purity. Oh, no, 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 no. You need the fast, friendly computer pros at User-Friendly Computing. Just drop it off at their office at 505 River Street across from the Gateway Plaza, or give them a call at 831-423-9653 and they'll come to you. Mention KSCO and get a free $50 diagnostic. PC or Mac, desktop or laptop, they can do it all at user-friendly computing. Call 831-423-9653. Introducing the essence of Ricochet, a bold new men's scent that captures the unique muskiness of the man himself. Look for it in the fragrance aisle at finer department stores everywhere. Would you buy a scent of me if I bottle me? No. It'll be, ele- I take that as a compliment, the elements of sandalwood. Okay, I like Dry sandalwood. blood from a nosebleed. <laughs> so, there'll be, so there'll be some rusty qualities. <laughs> A little bit of lasagna. <laughs> now, I do have some German in there, some, you know, a little schnitzel, or maybe a little sausage. <laughs> it'd be a, it'd be a nice sandalwood lasagna, bloody <laughs> sausage mix. And you're gonna say, "Match Rick." Don't miss Good Morning Monterey Bay weekdays, six to nine a.m. on KSCO, and listen anytime on the KSCO mobile app.
Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is former governor of Vermont, chair of the DNC and presidential candidate, Mr. Howard Dean. And before the break, you were making the point that uh, ranked choice voting is not only a way for Americans to express their real preferences, but also to have their vote still count if their first choice candidate doesn't come out on top. Now, the fact that so many Americans use their vote to block the candidate that they don't want seems to indicate that the candidates that the two main parties are putting forth are not really inspiring the support of the majority of Americans. So do the parties themselves need to move to a ranked system for the primaries? You certainly could do that. There's no reason not to. I think the ranked choice voting works well for everybody. Uh, But one of the reasons that the choices of the major parties are sometimes not very popular is because of the billions of dollars worth of negative ads that wealthy special interests spend on attacking the other people. That if that, that, that is much reduced in ranked choice voting, because if you focus, because first of all, people can't tell the difference when, whether the campaign of somebody is attacking the other candidate or it's some outside group. So if you have an outside group that's aligned with you, that's attacking the daylights out of your opponent, that hurts you because that makes it almost impossible for somebody who likes the other person to give you their second point choice vote. So it's a very bad, it's an ugly tactic and it makes American politics terrible, but it's also a very stupid tactic uh, from the point of winning if you know that the negative vote, the negative publicity you're giving to somebody else is going to come back and bite you. Well, attack. Uh, I think what you're saying is attack voting only or attack ads only work if there's only one other viable opponent. That's correct. If that there's four correct. other viable opponents, what are you going to do? Amass the money to attack all of them? And if you do that, uh, you're not going to be anybody's second choice. That's exactly right. That's And then you're going to lose. And that... They have this system in San Francisco in the mayor's race, which is a pretty politically sophisticated town, and they used to beat the daylights out of each other. And when they put in ranked choice voting, all of a sudden the top candidates were helping the very lowest candidates because they were hoping for their second-place votes or third-place votes. So it really transforms the nature of politics, and people talk more positively about what's going on and what's important, really important as opposed to how awful the other person is. Now, let's talk about the primaries. Trump received a little over 13 million votes in the primaries, uh, which was about 2 million less than Cruz, Kasich, and Rubio combined. Would Trump have won as many primaries if a ranked system had been used? I don't, you know, that's impossible to say. Uh, We don't have a parallel universe to compare to, so. No, there's no way you can know who would get the second place votes from Trump or or how that would have worked. But presumably uh, one of them would have gotten second place votes. Or third place or fourth mm-hmm. place or fifth place. Yeah, it, 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 you know, but you can't you can't look back at an election that was conducted under one system and somehow figure out how you you can't possibly find that information out. Even polling in retrospect, people aren't going to tell you, well, that would have been my second choice. That that's what they'll tell you today when you're polling. Though that's maybe not how they <laughs> felt the evening before the polls. That's right. That's right. Now, I think it's important to point out that no voting system is perfect, and a ranked system has some challenges as well. For example, the public could end up electing the voter's second choice. Um, I don't actually what do you mean? I, I don't well, what I, what I mean is, is that uh, even though the first choice candidate may have gotten uh, more first choice votes, than the second choice candidate, the second choice candidate could amass enough votes that, in fact, the winner was the second choice. As long as the first place candidate does not get over 50. Once the that's first right. Place, once, once a candidate gets over 50, they win, period. But see, I think that's fair. That stops uh, people from uh, winning who really are not, who are outside the mainstream or who really are, don't make people comfortable, who aren't fair, who aren't nice. Um, you get a consensus candidate that everybody can live with. And the, that's something we haven't talked about much. You know, this country is terribly divided. But one of the reasons they're terribly divided is because the politicians 
use division as a weapon in order to get themselves to win because they know they can win with 46 or 45 percent of the vote. Uh, that goes away with ranked choice voting. So they, the, the tactic in ranked choice voting is, voting is not to divide people, it's to bring people together. Yes, because you've got to get over that 50% number to win. That's right. There's no winning right. unless you get over 50% in a ranked choice voting system. That's right. But, the, but you also, we should say, you don't have to have runoffs because ranked choice voting used to be called instant runoff voting. And it, what it, a computer just simply reassigns the votes. And you can track the computer. You can do it all on paper. I'm not for computers doing things, especially since we know they can get hacked, as we saw in the last election. But I, I think that if you if you have a process where everybody knows what – and you can see the ballots afterwards and count them by hand if you have to, if you suspect something went wrong, what the computer does is it takes the last-place candidate, reassigns their votes, and then retallies it if there are only four candidates. It's like having a runoff, but you don't have to have the enormous expense of having another election and another election. That's right. It's automatic. And, right. uh, and we have computers now that will do it as quickly as you tally the current votings. They you know? do, and they yeah. do it in San Francisco, and they've done it yeah. in some yeah. other states. Now they're going to do it in the entire state of Maine, which I think is a really good idea. Uh, speaking of the state of Maine, up to this point, we've had some very small sample studies in uh, various cities, and not enough to you know give any clear indication as to whether there are any unintended consequences. But some of the earlier studies show that uh, there's a decline in voter participation in very specific demographics. What do you make of that? Uh, I haven't seen those studies, so I don't know why that would be. I would... I can understand people going into the polls and not filling out all, let's just say, all four choices. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they only want one person and say they only vote for one person. Well, that's fine. Um, but I, I don't know why it, would, why it would be correct to say that it would suppress the vote in a particular demographic. I, d I don't know. There was a study that came out of the University of San Francisco, and it indicated that in cities where ranked voting was uh, implemented, there was a lower participation of people of lower education levels, the uh, African-American community, uh, and also the youth vote declined. But again, the sampling was very small, and uh, it's, it, 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 ranked voting, is I have to mention, is used in Australia and Ireland, and there's no indication of any decrease increase in voting in those countries. One possible explanation could be, and this is all theory, because I, I don't mm -hmm. know this, but uh, because for so long, at least since the mid-1990s, uh, the parties, particularly the Republicans, have used anger as a way of getting people to the polls in, in votes where there's where there's not as much anger mobilizing voters. Maybe we're so conditioned to be conditioned to be wanting to go to the polls in anger that with, without an angry election, we don't do that anymore. And I think that you mean it removes anger as a motivation. <laughs> it, it, well, it does, because if you it, because what you say, what you do to make people angry is say a lot of terrible things, some of which are not true. Uh, and, you know, if you in a ranked choice voting system, that's not a winning strategy. So there's less anger in the in the electorate. Well, I consider that to be a good thing. Now, we I have to <laughs> we have to take another commercial break, but stay tuned. We'll be right back after these important messages. You're listening to the Costa Report. struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. 800-962-6969. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven, gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. 800-962-6969. 
We all want to change for the better, but few know how. Learn how by attending a free talk titled Meaningful Change for Ourselves and the World by Christian Science Lecturer Matt McCurdy's of Massachusetts. Mr. McCurdy's will explain how God's loving power is the greatest agent for change and how that power can be seen and felt here and now. Learn how to change for the better Saturday, 2 p.m. at the Christian Science Church, 3200 Center Street in Soquel. Details at Christ Science Soquel. Healthcare that fits your Santa Cruz lifestyle. That's why Dignity Health Dominican Hospital and Dignity Health Medical Group Dominican work with you to make personal choices regarding your health. It's the type of care we can offer because we're more than just a hospital and medical group. We're part of this community. Visit DominicanHospital.org to find a doctor and start living healthy today. Dignity Health. Hello, human kindness. Hey, Elise, you know, we really need some interns here at KSCO Radio, and you're our newest member of staff, so I was wondering if you could give us some tips about the sort of person you think should apply for internships here. I think you definitely have to be a sharp dresser. <laughs> really? Yeah. On top of that, you have to be willing to learn, open to suggestions, and have a fantastic sense of humor. That is important here, isn't it? It is important. You have a good time working here? I love working here. Okay, well, we're looking for an intern to work a couple of days in the office, and we're looking for an intern in the newsroom. So if you're a snappy dresser, because it is radio, you know, love to hear from you. Rosie at KSCO.com. If you have a sloth, please come by. Love to hear from you. Rosie at KSCO.com. Cash flows and money moves. The Money Moves Show is dedicated to delivering tips and tools to help you earn more, save more, and protect your hard-earned assets. Host Pamela Fugit-Hetrick interacts with her guests and callers every Thursday night from 7 to 8 p.m. Recent topics have included what is going on locally with health insurance, tips to maximize your Social Security income, how do you build an emergency fund for your family, Medicare 101 tips, how do you choose and pay for home health care, and many other topics. So tune in, take notes, call, and get answers to your financial questions from Pamela Fugit-Hedrick on Money Moves, Thursdays at 7 p.m. That's Money Moves, Thursdays, 7 p.m. on KSCO, AM 1080 Santa Cruz, and KOMY 1340 Watsonville, and 104.1 on your FM dial. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, our guest today is Mr. Howard Dean. And just to finish up on systemic voting reform, a ranked choice voting system, it sounds so logical and also superior. So what are the objections to moving toward a ranked choice voting system, federally, locally, statewide? Well, of course, the two parties don't like them because they they means a third party person could win more easily because they don't get... The, the argument that, gee, this person can't win, therefore we shouldn't waste our vote, goes away. Uh, secondly, <clears throat> uh, you know, there's always a re- resistance to change. And, of course, uh, organized politicians um, who are in the two parties uh, are going to be inclined, and the state legislatures are going to be inclined to resist uh, any change that might endanger their own incumbency status. In fact, most of the time when ranked choice voting gets put in, it gets put in uh, by referendum because there's two par- there's one party that's more important than even the Republicans and the Democrats, and that's called the incumbent party, uh, and they resist change because they it, they think that it might be risky to their careers. So how is this going to come about? Is it going to percolate up from municipalities and cities and states to the federal level? Is that how you see it playing out? Well, I, I think voters are going to want to do a lot of reforming, and I think this is one of them. I think their voters in California and Florida, for example, have already taken away the gerrymandering power for their own state legislatures uh, and given it to a nonpartisan commission and told them that the districts have to follow county lines. So you can't draw these ridiculous pieces of spaghetti that the districts are in order to <laughs> fix the districts so that one party always wins. 
uh, the voters are sick of this kind of stuff. And I think referendum government was built to curb the abuses of the le state legislatures. And, and I think you're going to see more and more voters take this into their own hands. The interesting thing is that both liberals and conservatives come together on this issue. In Arizona, they had some campaign finance reform, public financing of campaigns, which the public loved. And at one point, the interest groups on the left and the right tried to fight it, and they lost in a second referendum. Uh, the, the, anyway, Arizona is a pretty conservative state, and the same thing happened in Maine, which is not a very conservative state. So this is actually judicial – I mean, excuse me, electoral reform is something that both conservatives and liberals can agree on, and among ordinary people, not politicians. It's it's very interesting because you've got some, as you point out, heavyweights on the left and the right that support ranked choice voting. John McCain is a supporter of it. Well, because he's he's a reformer, um, and Arizona, his state, uh, supported the supports these kinds of things. Look, there are a number of things we have to do. We have to fix gerrymandering. I actually like the. I didn't like it at first, but I think the California primary system, where you can actually get two people from the same party running in the general election against each other, is a good thing. Because in the districts where there's a permanent minority party, all of a sudden those people are still alive and voting, and, and it matters what that happens to them, because they have influence in an election. Even though two Democrats or two Republicans may be running against each other, uh, they can choose one of them, and that keeps them in the game. And I think that's important. Uh, the electoral college reform is a no-brainer. Most people don't believe the Electoral College needs to be continued. It's a relic of 200 years ago. So there's a lot of changes that need to be made. Those changes are not going to be made by the incumbent politicians who benefit from a broken system. They're only going to be changed by voters at the referendum in the ballot box. So, But, but even with this, these heavyweights that are supporting things like ranked choice and, and uh, you know, getting rid of gerrymandering and that, that kind of thing um, – Look, I mean, you're very powerful in the Democratic Party. John McCain, very powerful in the Republican Party. Can't you mean you can't get it done <laughs> at the party level? Really, no. is the resistance that great? Yes, it is. This is the same resistance there was to campaign finance reform. And look, look what's happened to campaign finance reform. It's been eroded away by incumbent parties, mostly the Republicans, because they like spending huge amounts of money on elections. Uh, this, the ordinary people have a tool at their disposal, and it's not calling your legislator. It is going to the ballot box sign, or signing up for a referendum, putting the referendum on the ballot, and going to the ballot box and voting yes on changing the election laws in this country. It's going to have to be done state by state. I think you may be right. Now, I want to give you a moment to talk about uh, uh, the fact that there is a change of guard necessary, and you have been very outspoken about the fact that the baby boomers need to step aside and let the new younger generation start assuming some of these positions. Maybe they will bring it about. No, I think they very well will. The one thing about the younger generation is they're less partisan than we are. Uh, they're more pragmatic. They tend to want to work together on the 80% of the stuff they can agree on instead of fight over the 20% uh, of stuff <laughs> they can't agree on. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that. And uh, you claim that the baby, the baby boomers have done their deed and uh, time for them to step down. I do. I think we've, we've, uh, uh, you know, we, we've contributed a lot, civil rights. Um, voting rights, human rights, uh, same-sex marriage, and all these things—we've changed the, the country. It's, we're not there yet, but we're we're a much better place than we were uh, it, it, during the Vietnam War and the civil rights movement. Um, but I think it's time for this new generation, which is very accomplished, very skillful. I think it's time for them to step up and be the leaders. I don't mean we have to disappear from the scene. I think there's lots we know because of our age that that they can't know because of their uh, they haven't lived as long as we have. Uh, but their leadership, their brand of leadership, needs to put their stamp on the on their world. Now they're much more environmentally conscious than I think. Uh, our generation has been, even though there have been some great leaders in our generation in that area. So I do think it's time for the for what I would call the global, first global generation, which is those under 35, to begin to start to take over the leadership in this country. Well, I could not agree with you more, Mr. Dean. And I'm afraid we are all out of time now. But before we say goodbye, let me take this opportunity to thank you for your service to our country. It was a pleasure speaking with you today, Mr. Dean. Thanks very much. Now, normally around this time, we take a short intermission. But before we do, let me ask you an important question. Are you hiring? Because if you are, 
Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? These days, you can't get away with posting your job in just one place. It isn't enough to find the quality candidates that you're looking for. To find that perfect hire, here's a simple way you can post your job openings on all of the top job sites at one time. It's called ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter.com, you post your job description one time to reach more than 200 of the top job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, and you do it all with a single click. Think about what a time saver that is. ZipRecruiter is the only site that gives you access to candidates in every city, every industry, everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're searching for a sous chef, administrative assistant, engineer, nurse, even a rocket scientist. Just post one time and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No more juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, then hire the right person and do it fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses to hire the best of the best. And right now, listeners of the Costa Report can post any job on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com report. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash report. Remember to get the slash report in there to get your free offer. One more time, to try it for free, completely free, go to ZipRecruiter.slash report. What have you got to lose? You're out there competing with every other business for the best talent And the best way for you to get that best talent is to get the jump on all of the top business recruitment sites in the world, 200 of them. And I can't think of a better time saver or a better way to guarantee that you're going to find that exact right candidate. So go to ZipRecruiter.com slash report. Type in the description, the pay, the benefits, you know, what, whatever it is that you're offering for that very special job, and then watch all of those resumes come pouring in. Now let's take that break, and when we come back, I'll tell you what I think about voting reform. You're listening to the Costa Report. I owed the IRS $10,000. The IRS garnished my wages. They put a lien on my house. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency in the world. They do not give up until you pay. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions Now, and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions Now, and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions Now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. Tax Solutions Now can get you help. Our agents know the rules can stop the pain and get you the best deal. We connect you with a team of former IRS agents and tax professionals who will get the IRS off your back. We saved our home and overcame the most powerful collection agency in the world. Call Tax Solutions now. Time is running out. Call 800-987-0577. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, recent winners of the best sparkling wine in the U.S. in the Champagne and Sparkling Wine World Championship. Congratulations, Scott. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So what is it about your Brut Cuvée that beat all the other competitors around the world? We really focus on creating an expression of the Santa Lucia Highlands and doing it the right way. And when you control the process from the beginning to the end and you have talent like Michelle and top-tier grapes, they really shine through. This was a worldwide competition. It was definitely a humbling experience. We were in a room with producers that have been making wine for over 100, 200 years and was a huge honor to have Tom Stevenson give us the best you sparkling wine award we fared really well overall we had three wines win best of class which was great 
Visit the Caraccioli Tasting Room on Dolores Street in Carmel by the Sea or find us online at caracciolicellars.com or reach us by phone 831-622-7722. Does your business do shipping and receiving? Or maybe you're packing up to move across town. Coast Paper and Supply meets all your needs at affordable prices. We have boxes of all shapes and sizes, as well as a variety of packing tape and tape guns. For your fragile items, we carry bubble wrap, shipping peanuts, and astrofoam. Shipping in bulk, we carry pallets and pallet wrap. You can find Coast Paper and Supply at 151 Josephine Street or at CoastPaperSupplyInc.com. You can also call us at 831-423-3350. You wanted to see me? Yes, please. Have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. We want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Hi, this is Greg. Marlene and I host Flavors on KSCO, Sundays, noon to 2. Well, this week, we're going to have able skeeters from all you Scandinavians like Marlene. And then we're going to have Healing the Vegetarian Way. Don't know how they got on this show, but we're going to talk to them anyway. And our very good friend, we're all excited to bring Meathead back. Yum, yum, yum. You're going to want to listen in this Sunday, noon to 2 on KSCO. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest this hour was former governor of Vermont, chairman of the Democratic National Committee, and presidential candidate, Mr. Howard Dean. Now that the 2016 election and the inaugural festivities are all behind us, it it seemed like an opportune time to look at whether there might be a better way for citizens to vote in local, state, and also federal elections. Now, Howard Dean, along with John McCain and Bernie Sanders and an all-star lineup on both the right and the left, support a new way of voting that allows citizens to rank their preferences. It's called ranked choice voting. And it was it used to be referred to as instant runoff voting. You might have heard that term. The way a ranked choice voting system works is that voters indicate their first, second, third and other choices for every office. Then after all the votes are cast and tallied, if no candidate earns over 50% majority of the total vote, then the votes cast for the candidate who received the least number of first choice votes are recast for those voters' second choice candidate. In other words, if your first choice comes in last, your second choice still counts. Your second choice is added to the first choice totals of the remaining challengers. If none garner 50% at that point, then the votes for the candidate who got the second least number of first choice votes are recast to reflect those voters' second choice. And it goes like that until a candidate reaches over 50% of the total vote. Now, I know, I know, I know, at first blush, it sounds really complicated. But from the voters' perspective, the only thing that's different is that we rank candidates at at the voting booth from one through three, four, five, depending on how many are running, instead of voting for only one. But what I like most about the ranked voting system is that no matter who your first choice is, your vote is not wasted if your top pick loses. Just because your first choice doesn't make it, your second pick can still win. Which means that if you were a John Kasich fan during the GOP primaries, but you were convinced he couldn't win the GOP nomination, you could still vote for Kasich as your first choice and then Trump, Cruz, Bush, or Rubio as your second pick. Then if Kasich came in last, 
the ranked voting system would recast your vote for second choice. So if your second choice was Donald Trump, your vote would technically be cast for Trump. It still counts. Now, I want to point out that in the past, a ranking system would have been way too complicated and time-consuming to implement. It just wouldn't have been feasible. But today, thanks to lightning-fast computers and analytics technology, ranked voting would be no more difficult than the system we deploy today. A system which does not require a candidate to achieve the support of the majority. We don't require candidates to be consensus candidates. All a candidate has to do today is beat the number two contender by one vote, which is not nearly as accurate a reflection of the population's wishes as a system that ranks our preferences. So what exactly are the objections to a ranked choice voting system? Well, for one, it is entirely possible that the person elected will turn out to be the majority's second choice. Even if a first choice candidate candidate won more votes than their counterparts, if they didn't garner more than 50% of the vote, they can't win which opens the door for the second-place candidate to win and also gives third-party candidates a fighting chance. Another issue is that there's, there's an early study out of the University of San Francisco that indicates that voter participation declines amongst the youth vote, African Americans, and the less educated populations when ranked voting is used in the United States. But in all fairness, the study relies on a small sample size because it's only used in a ranked voting is only used in a few places in the United States. So because of that, the sample size has to be small. In countries like Australia and Ireland, where ranked voting is used, there was no decline in any particular voting demographic. And there's no reason to believe that wouldn't be the case here. But the biggest obstacle ranked voting faces, as Howard Dean pointed out, is the GOP and Democratic Party themselves. That's because in a two-party system, all a candidate has to do is convince voters they're better than the only other candidate that has any real chance of winning. So the current voting system is an economical and efficient model for both parties. It's in their interest to keep the winner-takes-all model. Let me give you an example why. By dividing all the states into red and blue states, there's no need for a presidential candidate to spend money or time campaigning in every state. So year after year, the GOP nominee can safely bypass states like California. But using a ranked voting system where second or third choice contenders could win, no more red or blue states, A candidate would be forced to appeal to all voters. They could not take a chance that the second and third choice uh, that, that voters selected swept the election. And there you have it. No more negative campaigning. Negative campaigning only works when there's two candidate, two viable candidates, not when there's a ranked vote uh, choice voting system. So that's it in a nutshell. Ranked voting, choice voting, and the challenges it faces in a nutshell, wrapped up nice nice and tightly for you. And speaking of nutshells and pasta shells and pie shells (laughs) and all things food, (laughs) can you tell I I skipped a meal here, folks? I want to tell you about a great new way to have a delicious meal in the comfort of your own home tonight. That company is Blue Apron. All you do is go to Blue Apron and choose from a menu of delicious meals. And Blue Apron ships all of the fresh ingredients you need to create that meal, along with easy step-by-step instructions right to your front door. They make it so easy. Well, I, I, they make it so easy, I promise that once you try it, you'll be hooked just like I am. 
from pork chops and garlic piccata to yummy enchiladas to spicy shrimp with Korean rice cakes, Blue Apron delivers everything to your doorstep for under $10 a person. Where can you have a gourmet meal like that at that price? The fact is I've become such a fan of their food that Blue Apron is extending a very special offer to listeners of the Costa Report. Three free meals with your first order. And you get to pick those free meals yourself. And when I say free, I mean free. Even the shipping is free. Three gourmet meals at no cost to you when you place your order today at blueapron.com slash costa. Remember to put the slash costa in there to get your free meals. One more time. That's blueapron.com slash costa. BlueApron.com slash Costa. Uh, and, and then do me a favor. Take a picture of the meal that you made and send it to us at RebeccaCosta.com. That's my name.com. Easy, easy to remember. That's also where you can listen to the full interview with Howard Dean today and, and, and also see a lot of interesting videos and, uh, and other programs. But I'll tell you what, send me a picture of the food that you make from Blue Apron. I'd love to see it. My meals never come out quite as good looking as the photographs on the recipes that they deliver to me. But I have to tell you, I don't care because they're so delicious. They're gone in an instant. There isn't much time to look at the meal. I, I, I am such a fan of their, and particularly they get the seasonings just right, just right for my palate. So I have to tell you, it's a, it's a wonderful service and it's so much fun to gather people in the kitchen and cook the meal together. So try out Blue Apron. It's blueapron.com slash Costa. Be sure you get the slash Costa in there. Now, before we run out of time, let me give you a heads up that our guest next week is the top journalist when it comes to knowing the numbers. And you know what a data wonk I am. He provides evidence-based political analysis day after day. CNN's own John King will be here to explain how the 2016 election has forever changed the way we poll and analyze voter data. Don't miss John King next week right here on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for another hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.